Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks, they're not optimized, but our plays, they're sure as heck are fun. Uh, I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Today, we're going to talk about a couple things. It's like, how do you play Magic when you're not playing Magic? Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a game going on at the table you're sitting at, mm-hmm. but you're currently not doing it. Uh, so that's going to be the first question of the night, is what do we do when it's not our turn? I struggle with this a lot uh when we're hanging out we're playing magic we're playing commander whatever uh you know the i pass the turn and i immediately want to start like talking to somebody i want to go grab a piece of pizza uh i want to catch up with my friends which which is all great it's all it's all in the fun of the reason for the gathering this is yeah this is why we're there this is why we're there i love a great game of magic but for me and i've always said this um, for me, magic is—it's uh, the old school poker night. Uh, you always hear about your your parents and or grandparents who would have their poker night, where they would all you know they meet up with their buddies and they play poker through the night, and nobody's really grab that, a couple of cigars and some whiskey, some cigars, some whiskey, <laughs> a couple of brews, and just sit there and play poker. And I always like to think. Yeah, they're playing poker. Of course they are. Because they didn't have magic cards. They just didn't know any better. <laughs> if they'd had magic cards, they would have been playing with magic cards. That, for me, is, <laughs> is generally what, what magic's about. So, naturally, when it's not my turn, I want to chat. I want to find out what happened with Andy this week. You know, these are these are my friends. These are my the people that I enjoy spending time with. And I want to know how things are going. So, so like, you're, you get caught up in talking. I get caught up in talking. And then, all of a sudden, it's our turn again. And we're sitting there. And we look at our cards. And we're like, oh my gosh. There's a game going on. Uh, so th- there's always that that delicate balance of like actually playing magic and, you know, playing playing a game. What I what I always struggle with is uh, and I know I know for a fact you struggle with this, is uh, <laughs> figuring out what, what to do during this time i don't know what you're talking about i never <laughs> have a problem with this never not even once never oh, never come on well now you're making me look mean uh <laughs> but you know it, it comes back to your turn you you're just kind of staring at your hand trying to figure out your next move uh because you didn't anticipate it uh and that's like the big thing that if you're not doing it you, you gotta start doing it a little bit and with every every one of my points i'm gonna make uh it's it's gonna always come back to but balance it with some chit chat if you're sitting around with three of your buddies playing some commander just just have a have a good time chill out but also get ready for your turn i've always looked at it like this i mean when you're playing commander with your friends yeah you want it you want to talk you want to chat um but you don't do that during your turn because mm-hmm. it's inconsiderate. Because it means that everybody else is waiting for you to finish your turn so somebody, so the next person can take their turn. So it's fairly easy to see why, on your turn, you should not be participating in conversations that don't involve the game or the game state in some way. You're moving, for, moving the game forward. Because that's something the commander ha- always struggles with is uh, games that last too long. And a big reason why a lot of these games last too long is because there's too many of us who (laughs) are busy chatting with friends and then suddenly, oh, it's my turn. And then they start to look at the board to see what's happened since their last turn. 
because they've paid no attention to what's going on. <laughs> and that's bad. And I say they, I mean me. Because <laughs> while I was joking with Andy, I am terrible with this. Um, as someone who regularly hosts uh, <laughs> or regularly hosted uh, Commander Games pre-COVID, quite often, especially, especially in the first game of the night, uh, as soon as it's not my turn, cards get dropped on the table, I'm up out of my chair, you know, let's get the oven ready for pizza. Let's, uh, let's you know, get some food prepped or, you know, the things you need to do to be the host, you know, at the start of the night. So yeah. it isn't until the second game when I feel like I'm actually sitting, I'm at the table for the entirety of a round. So if we make it to a second game, if we make it to uh, a second, game. <laughs> um, and uh, to call you out a bit as well, you know, nine times out of ten, we'll be sitting there chatting as we do when it's not our turns, and uh, somebody will go, "Wait, whose turn is it?" Nine times out of ten, it's Bruce. But you know what? I don't think any of us hold it against him, uh, because why would you? We're we're there to play a game. We're there to be with each other. Well, and. Uh, the point I was making before, in that there's a lot of chit chat going on between, and then when it's your turn, you don't make you don't do the chit chat because that's impolite because you're holding up the game. Well, not paying any attention to the game state until it's your turn is just as bad. And I am, as Andy put, it, I am as I am more guilty of this than <laughs> most. Simply put, everybody. Once you've played your turn, it's one thing to engage, you know, you want to engage in conversation, but you should be paying attention to what's going on. Uh, yeah. Obviously, most decks out there have some sort of interaction. Paying no attention at all means that the instance in your hand, well, they're overpriced sorceries because you're only <laughs> ever playing them on your turn because you're not paying any attention at all. Or you understand that this is a deck where I need to pay attention all the time. And so you're paying attention all the time. I don't really want to get into deck types and how to, how to <laughs> run that. I just wanted to talk about how to move things along a little better. And the easiest, most obvious way to do that is pay some attention to what's going on when it's not your turn. Even if yeah. I don't have a way to interact, make it look like you could. Uh, I mean, that's just sound strategy. If you've got mana up, you could always do something. There's always something that could happen that you could respond to if you have mana up and at least one card in hand. They don't need to know what card it is. They don't need to know if you can do something. As long as they believe it, that's out there. And it it's going to improve your, your game strategy. Um, and it'll improve your enjoyment of the game. However... It will also mean that when it comes time for your turn to come around, you're already going to understand the board state. So at least you're not going to be like, okay, so what's new? What did you play last turn? What did you play? <laughs> uh, this is, you know, very basic. Yeah. But the very basics, pay attention to what's going on as the board state goes around. I, I'd say kind of along those lines too, as basic as paying attention is, uh, my next point is like... Uh, just prepare yourself a general sequence. I, there's so many times that I, I get to my turn and I'm just like, all right, I can, I guess I can play these cards, but I don't really think about the sequence. I just kind of like throw them down. I'm like, ah, that could have been better this way. That mixed with this idea that like when it becomes your turn with that general sequence in mind, look at what has changed. If you, if you haven't paid a hundred percent attention, 
something's changed that you don't realize that could be, you know, a big play for you. Uh, Honestly, I know you're getting there. I think your notes really hit it, really hit it on the head. Think about the possibilities. Um, you, you built your deck. You have some idea as to what the what the overall goal is for your deck. Now, some are are more linear, some are more open, uh, but you know, even with an open a deck that has all sorts of possibilities, you've got the seven cards at the start of the game. Based on those seven cards, you have a pretty good idea of what you're aiming for in the future. Where you know, five turns from now, you know what you'd like to play in five turns. Obviously, this can change as you draw cards, but otherwise, I think you're fine. It at least starts you into the future. Yeah. Paying, and, and if you're, uh, you've got the, you know, that overall strategy in mind, then it just makes sense to go that way. It's so funny you mention that because I feel like, and I think this just generally comes with the, the, the quick-paced anxiety that I have, uh, where I so many times during a game... I forget that I built the deck. I know what's in it. Um, I know what I was intending to do with certain cards, putting it in. And I think that that like it's it's like a perfect metaphor for, for what I'm missing uh, during trying to like plan out things in my head. Is like I I know why I chose these cards. I know what they do. But so often I just kind of I'm like, all right, these seven cards that I have in my hand, this is what I got, uh, and I just forget. What is there? You know, along that line, it's mm-hmm. it's very it, it's really interesting because I can see um, I've had games where I was playing my Kron deck. Now, for those of you who don't know what don't know who Kron is, go look him up. K R O N D. I'm not really going to go into it any farther, other than <laughs> other than to say it's a six mana legendary creature. My deck revolves around getting him into play. So my deck revolves around getting a six mana legendary creature out. Six colored mana. Six colored mana. Yeah, this isn't even just six. White, 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 green, so green, green. If if you're not paying attention to the long game while playing with Krond, because the long game is to get him out and start smashing heads. That's the long game. If you're not paying attention to that and you happen to draw, you know, a mass removal card or whatever, well, suddenly you warp your game is warping around this mass removal card and, and suddenly you're playing an entire game around that rather than around the whole idea of getting Krond out and doing its thing. Like, okay, well, that's not what you build the deck for. <laughs> so so your long game is not making any sense. And it just means that you've got a whole, uh, you know, as you wait your turn, you know, you're thinking about your possibilities. Well, you're thinking about the wrong possibilities. Um, it's just not, it doesn't make any sense to go that route. It's the same with Grenzo. Um, my Grenzo Dungeon Master deck I know what I want to do with this card, so I should be spending all of my time being very focused on figuring out ways or doing whatever it takes to flip as many cards off the bottom of my graveyard or at the bottom of my library as possible with Grenzo. Now, that that strategy in itself can change a little bit depending on what cards I have in hand. Maybe it means that I'm aiming to get that Crypt Ghast out as fast as possible. Maybe it means that I've got uh, <clears throat> some... Uh, some mana rocks that need to hit the table as quickly as possible. Whatever it is, when the overall goal is to make it so that Grenzo is as effective as possible, 
and I and I'm acting to keep that in mind all the time. The game's going to be more fun, and it also means that that's what I should be thinking about as the table progresses. You got to think about the long game. Don't just think about, uh, you know, I have five cards in hand. I have two mana on the table. Therefore, I can play this card. Well, that's great, but does that make sense in the long game to play that card and <laughs> tap out and you know while sure on turn two the play probably is play that card once you get up to turn six suddenly you can play most of the cards in your hand but does that make sense to do that and then you start looking at the rest of the board state to, to make your decisions so again this is all things that you should be doing before it's your turn not waiting until it's your turn to make that move so yeah, absolutely. The last thing I have written here under this overall point, um, are we enjoying each other's company? Um, I think I think it's so easy to get caught up in playing the game that uh, you do overcommit to, like, not even blocking each other out, but, like, being so invested in, like... <sighs> trying to play the best you can um which you know sometimes you really need to sometimes you really want to just you want to win you want to have these huge plays without any sort of misplay um and so often especially lately i've been having these games where like i'm sitting there just like my fingers are just like digging into my knees just like I'm frustrated, I'm, you know, quiet, uh, kind of just getting, like, mad at the other players because, you know, either my deck's not working or their deck is too powerful. And, uh, you know, that could be a case of we didn't communicate well enough of how strong the decks are or uh, it could be just, like, I'm having an off day. But I think when it comes down to it, you know, we see each other once a week. So... I don't care if people play, you know, powerful decks every once in a while. Um, I mean, my my Taza deck, I can can sometimes straddle that line of too powerful. Um, that sometimes I just forget that you know we're we're all friends here. We're we we love playing this game together, uh, and sometimes you just need to just take a deep breath, forget about what's going on. Uh, outside of the game play the game and enjoy each other's company um and i i just know i just know too often i have gotten in my own head and just like been done on thursday night and been like well time to uh i don't know take a take a bath or something just just kind of de-stress for a, a hot minute um, before I head off to bed, but, uh, you know, it, it, it comes down to, did we, are we, are, are we enjoying each other's company? And I think the time to reflect on that is when it's not your turn. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, good. The, uh, one, one last part here, mm-hmm. um, so what are we doing when it's not our turn? Um, make sure you communicate that it's not your turn. Ah, uh, uh, yes. The uh, one of the 
that that famous question in most commander games so whose turn is it often often comes down to well, oh i didn't know you'd finished yeah so it's two players who each think the other person is is taking their turn and nobody's doing anything um be sure to communicate your your that your turn is over um i've i ran into one group and they did I guess they had issues with this um, that were significant enough that somebody said, okay, fine, here. Um, and it was, uh, I forget what they told me it was. It was some kind of a disc. I don't remember if it was a big silver dollar or just a token or whatever, the conch. I don't <laughs> care what it is. Um, but they would pass that around the table. So literally, when it was the end of the turn, you reached up, you grabbed this thing and clunked it down on the next guy's table. There's no questioning whose turn it is when that hits. I mean, okay, well, it definitely must be my turn. And if you don't pass it on, then it's still your turn. So um, I thought that was a great idea. Um, that is and honestly, idea. if your group is having any sort of issues like that, you can do that as well. And it doesn't have to be something as ridiculous as a conch or whatever. It can be something uh, maybe a little less dramatic, like a massive uh, copy of the Statue of Liberty or, or maybe it could be just, you know, something really, really subtle. So it's not, you know, so dominant on the table, like a 24 head candlestick. Or maybe so something, maybe even a little less than that. It could be, you know, <laughs> something say as small as, uh, uh, as a child's... Uh, as a child. Uh, as, a, as a small child. Or, uh, although the children move, and then, oh. you know, that doesn't work. Um, it's like uh, it's like plane chase as a, as a child's paper mache volcano, and you just push <laughs> that from person to person, or you know maybe it could just be a small coin, but yeah. whatever uh, it something something that people recognize that when it gets passed, it's now that person's turn. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's funny how often the solution to most Magic the Gathering issues that people have is just communication. Yeah. Uh, and like open communication, not just like being, you know, passive aggressive or, you know, sharp with people. Just being like, hey, it's, uh, it's your turn. Right. H here you go. <laughs> uh, and uh, the, the flip side of that coin uh, is sometimes I play far too fast. Um, but we'll talk about that right after a brief break for our sponsor. This episode of Temple of the False Pod is brought to you by Anger. Without a doubt, one of the best ways to speed up your board is with a little bit of Anger. Unfortunately, anger is hardly useful in its active state. You're better off dumping it to prime up your new creatures. Anger will help you more if you just let it go. Get Anger in your bin and go! And now, back to you. All right, we're <laughs> back. <laughs> um, so, as I was saying before break, uh, I have this... It's it's the same problem, but it's, a, it's the opposite problem. I play my turn way too fast. Uh, it gets to my turn. You know, sometimes I have some plays already, like, 
sequenced in my mind. I'm like, all right, I'll do this and this and this. And I don't take stock of what's going on. And then I end my turn and I'm like, oh, I should have done these things. I missed these triggers. I uh, should have done it in this order. It happens to all of us all of the time. Um, but me, especially. <laughs> uh, when I when I am trying to, I guess, slow, slow down, uh, my, my first thought is, what are the possibilities? What are the possibilities for my turn, for like what I can do, regardless of the board state? Uh, what do I want to do? And then what is stopping me? What does everyone else's board look like? Um, you know, does the blue player have mana up? And they're like, your target would be a real good target for a counter. Or, you know, you want to get... Uh, this is this is a thing that I've been struggling with is, oh, I want to get my like big creature out. But, you know, somebody has their Eldrazi out. So you know that there's going to be a Wrath coming. Uh, to get that out of the way. Um, you know, there's all these these possibilities in this complex game we like to call Magic the Gathering that uh, sometimes I, I just, like, I don't even consider some of the possibilities. Uh, and you need to you need to think about that. You need to think about, like, well, what's, what's going to happen if I do this? How are people going to react? Are people going to react? And, uh... There was a third thing I was going to say, and it slipped my mind. I will say, though, that, uh, I mean, a lot of what you're describing here yeah. really fits with what you're doing when when it's not your turn. Oh, yes. Um, you know, when you say think about the possibilities, it's exactly what you want to be doing. Yeah. Um, as someone, well, I tend to uh, process, the in- process information slowly. Um, I'm the guy who comes up... I. I'm great. I come. I'll come up with 15 comebacks for your for your witty remark. Uh, <laughs> they'll be 15 minutes later, and I'll have. But I'll have plenty of them when it doesn't matter. Um, so, if I'm not paying attention throughout everybody else's turn, when it comes to my turn, I'm then forced to try and process everything that's changed. Come up with what I believe is the best course of action, enact it, consider the results, and move on. Well, all the more reason to be paying paying attention to all of this stuff otherwise. Um, and honestly, even if you are responding, even if you're someone who can respond quickly to the situation, having the extra time to think about the possibilities just makes sense. Um, yeah. It is, it is astonishing how opposite you and I are in that aspect. I'm so like, all right, going to do this and this and this and this. And then I think about like, oh, but like I could have, that was dumb. Um, and you're so, I guess, calculated, um, you know, given, given if we gave the same amount of thought into our turn leading up to our turn, right? I think you and I have such disparate ways of thinking about our turn that I just get so excited from the first possibility that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Or like the first like synergy I see, I'm like, I'm doing that. Um, and I, I just, I don't slow down to think about those, the other, like, wide array of, like, these synergies could go so many ways. Right. 
And I, on the other hand, take forever, consider all of the various possibilities, mull it over, make the play, and yet still come to the wrong decision. <laughs> um, so while you and I might play differently, we both end up in the same place, which is the wrong decision. Um, <laughs> it's just you get there faster than I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm living I'm living life on the edge. Uh, life in the fast lane. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a... Uh, it's a curse, Bruce. It's an it's an alternative playstyle, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I think along with the same kind of idea that like you have to think about what the possibilities are, slowing down generally will help you as well. With uh, if you do, I mean, we have uh, made those wrong decisions, uh, made the wrong play, misplayed perhaps. Slowing down ultimately will help you be less salty. Uh, if if only because you are playing the better plays, but also, like, you're taking the time, you're breathing, you're, like, understanding the board state a little better, you're not just reacting. So I think, uh, I don't know if you know this, Bruce, but I tend to get a little salty sometimes. Um, what? No. Right? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I rarely, you know, assess the board for counters. And then when it happens, I'm so caught off guard that I'm like, oh my gosh, they countered my thing. My, my impending powerful doom thing that, you know, they saw as a threat, which I should be honored. I should be honored that they wasted their counter on me. Uh, but I... I get salty. And if I just slowed down, I don't think that would be an issue. I think what happens, at least uh, what I have found is quite often when stuff like that, when that sort of thing happens, um, mm-hmm. a lot of times when I slow down, I look at the situation and then I decide whether or not to make that play. And quite often, I'm not asking myself, you know, how salty am I going to be if this doesn't work? I'm mm. asking myself, what is the likelihood of this working? You know, what is what are the chances that that the board is going to let me do this? And then I, yeah. and then you run on that. Well, it's like okay, so how many cards in hand do my opponents have, and how much mana do they have up? Because obviously, those are big predictors in whether they're going to stop you or whether they even can, because. <laughs> You, once you know that they can't stop you, then it's not even an option as to whether they think it's a threat or not. There's nothing they can do. Um, you know, as soon as the, the, if the table's tapped out, for the most part, you've got pretty much free reign to do what you want. So you can take advantage of those situations. However, there's plenty of times, most of the time, when somebody could do something. So you start to weigh, weigh your options and think about the likelihood of that happening and you know does it make sense to wait does it make sense to wait another turn is that one turn around the board going to make all of the difference in what the effectiveness of the card that you're holding you start to look at these sort of options and um i mean it's it's going to make you a better player and it's also going to it's going to make you less salty when you play the spell because you've decided 
if I wait any longer, this just isn't going to be worth it anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, another turn could mean death. Another turn could mean my that this creature that I'm about to play gets one less attack. However you, you look at it, uh, you decide it's got to go now. And you look around the board and you think to yourself, what I'm about to do is going to draw attention and they're going to try and stop it. What are the odds? And you see three other players with five cards in hand each. And they <laughs> each have seven mana open. So you're playing this at that point with a full expectation that you're going to tap the mana, put it on the table. And before the end of your turn, that thing's going to be sitting in a graveyard or it's going to be exiled or it's going to be bounced back to your hand or whatever the result. You fully expect that somehow they're going to they're going to nullify that. But you went into it knowing that that's still your best option. You you know, maybe you've rationalized it out at about a 20% likelihood of success. But it's still the best place, so you did it. Well, you're a lot less likely to be salty about it. Yeah. If, you've, if you know that that's what you're walking into, then if you're like, huh, this is definitely my best play. And go and just do it without considering how they may re be responding to to what you're doing. And this is all uh, this is all about thinking about the possibilities. And in this case, it's not just the possibilities in your hand, in your deck, it's the possibilities of your opponents as well. So Yeah. I I have trouble even once I get I, once I get to that point of like slowing down and like understanding the possibilities and kind of what's the likelihood um, I then get stuck on like, is it worth it? I, I, I think it's, it's tough because the, the ultimate thing is they're thinking the same thing in reverse where it's just like, would it be worth it to counter it? Would it be worth it to waste my murder on X, Y, Z? So like you're thinking about their thoughts and they're thinking about what the possibilities are for you. Um, so I, I always get stuck on that step and then I, I either just kind of wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and then it's too late or I, uh, just hurry up and get my turn done. And then before I know it, I don't have anything left anymore because, well, I, uh, <laughs> you burned your resources. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so I, I always I always get stuck on that on that part where uh, I, n I never think not only how likely is it, but if it did happen, is it worth burning this spell to get that counter out or uh, get that removal out? And uh, that kind of comes with the sequencing as well, where it's like, well, if I put this less threatening thing out now to like bait out that whatever counter removal etc um to then get that bigger bigger threat out um and man this game it's so complicated <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean it's it's this it's this push and pull of you know speeding up the process of the night but slowing down my turns so that I can think, but I'm not wasting everyone's time by not paying attention 
during not my turn. Uh, and that's not even that's not that. I feel like that ends up coming off as a dig to you, be, but like you're hosting, you're doing other things. You're not just like. I mean, it's, sometimes we are just goofing off. Yeah, but. it's not really a dig. It's right. the simply put. I take too much time on my turns because I get lost in thought as far as uh, thinking about possibilities. Mm-hmm. Because you want to think about possibilities, but you don't want those po- you don't want those thoughts to then trail off into the secondary, third, fourth, fifth, into an endless string of you know what ifs. To the point where it's like, okay, well now stop a second. You've now worked out that this is a bad play because they could do A and B and then C. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a second. What makes you, you know, what makes me think that that's actually going to happen? <laughs> so you need to stop and just say to yourself, that's just that's just silly. You 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 know you want to extrapolate and consider possibilities, but you know the possibility is I could win the lottery tomorrow if I buy a ticket. That's a possibility. Is it really one that I should be considering? No, of course not. Oh. That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> right, the, odds of course, are, yes. the odds are almost zero. So the same with magic. If the possibility is, well, what if they have these three cards out of their deck? Then in combination, those three cards could just destroy me. And I'm like, well, I need to stop and not do that. Because it's ridiculous. It, what are the odds they're going to have those three cards? <laughs> you know, sure. Maybe if they're maybe if they're tutoring, you know, maybe if we've reached the end of the game and they've drawn, you know, 45, 50 cards, then those odds are much better. But they have to have those cards. They have to play them out. They have to actually see the game state in the exact same way you do and realize that they've got to do that exact thing. That's my problem during a turn. I get way too involved in the what ifs and what what could happens when I need to just, you know, look at my hand, know what the long game is. Okay, how can I get to that long game based on what I've got in hand and what I can do from here? So look at your hand, look at the board state, consider your mana, boom, make your play. And then live with that and then monitor the board as it goes around. So it's not like I'm saying, you know, slow down is a bad thing. Right. You should. You you do want oh, to yes. consider possibilities. I tend I to should. take it too. <laughs> I tend to take it too far, and then I get lost in a stream of of what ifs. And if I'm not processing things as fast as I should be, well, then I end up putting down what I think that I have uh, provided was a measured, excellent solution, but never once considered the most obvious possibility. You know. Yeah. Like I played this creature. Do you not remember so and so just put a source of plowshares in back in their hand from the graveyard? Like <laughs> you can take a wild guess what it's gonna be, you know, where that swords is gonna get used. If you had yeah. just waited or played something a little less aggressive, they would likely play that swords against something else in the next turn, and then you can go ahead and play your 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 big ugly and go that route. Um, but that's that's more a failing of my own, and I tend to get lost in my thoughts with that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I literally suffer from anxiety. Yeah. Period. Um, so when I play Magic, I'm in this constant battle in my head of like, all right, I gotta slow down, I gotta take this turn, and then it gets to my turn, I'm like, oh my god, it's my turn, I gotta go, 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 and then I do it, and I'm like, ah, oh, crap, <laughs> I did it again. Right. Uh, or 
I'm like, you know, on my craft that night, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do this, and then this, um, and I, I generally, I don't generally take it too, too slow, um, but it's just that it's, I struggle with that slowing down, um, that I, I get so wrapped up in, in, all right, gotta go, 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 um, that I, I just forget that we're we're playing a game right just playing a game it's a game it's 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 what am i saying what am i what am i saying bruce um you lost me i got lost in my thoughts <laughs> i i think that that's like yeah it, we're we're two sides of the same coin where it's just like you gotta choose one and then sometimes you're the other side and this is what I'm trying to say. It's all about trying to better yourself, either as a person or as a player. And uh, you're you'll never you'll never be done. The pros struggle with this, I'm sure, uh, because everyone struggles with this. Whether you are taking the game too fast, whether you're taking your turn too slow, uh, there's always something you're doing wrong. That, that'll be the first thing I tell you about anybody who plays Magic is that they think you're doing something wrong. And you know what? Frankly, as long as you're doing it with your friends and you're having fun, you're not doing anything wrong. You're learning. You're taking things away from each game. You're either going a little slower. You're going a little faster. This is all cheesy, but it... it yeah. I, Basically what we're saying, to sum, that, sum up the entire podcast... In less than a minute. Think about your friends. These are the people that you're here playing with. Be considerate. So consider your turn before it's your turn. Because you want to get the turn to go around faster. Because everybody likes playing magic, not watching it. That's not fair to say, but you, you <laughs> understand what I mean. We, yeah. all want to be, we all want to be actively playing the game. Many of us don't get a lot of time to do that. So you want... You want to be considerate to your friends and give them every opportunity to play. So this means pay attention, consider the options, and play accordingly. We also want the games to be fun for us, for, fun for us too. So keep that in mind. And in doing that, paying attention throughout the course of the game, considering your options, considering the likelihood of those options coming through, and then playing accordingly will make the game more fun for you, and it will likely make the game more fun for your opponents. Your friends are going to enjoy the game a lot more if they know that, you know, that they can rely on you to play, if not optimally, but to play well. Nobody, nobody wants to win a game when, uh, when you're just simply missing an obvious onboard trick for five turns in a row. <laughs> I mean, if, you know, if, if they're excited to win that because you just didn't see the onboard play that often, then, you know, it, it's like, okay, so I didn't really win. That's what it starts to feel like to me. And I know it feels that way to a lot of other people as well. So just keep all that in mind. Uh, that's all we're saying. Just, you know, yeah. enjoy the game, enjoy your friends and, you know, let's, Let's just keep this game moving, and whether it's your turn or someone else's turn, let's keep that flow going. Keep keep that flow going. Uh, but I think I think that that is the perfect point to end on. Let's wrap this up. Uh, 
I'm Andy. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Andy Weekend. I'm Bruce. You can find me on Twitter at, at Manaburn. Uh, and we are Temple of False Pod, where our decks, they're not optimized. But our plays sure as heck are fun. <laughs> Uh, you can find us uh, at Twitter and Instagram uh, at FalsePodMTG. Uh, and uh, we hope you guys have a great night. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Hey everyone, Andy here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Temple of the False Pod. Just a few housekeeping things here at the end of the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, pretty much wherever you can find podcasts. Subscribe and give us a review. It really helps out the show. And it'll show us what you like about our podcast. Uh, also, we've got a Twitter and an Instagram. Our handle is falsepodmtg, all one word. So be sure to follow us. Feel free to reach out to us there or drop us an email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com and tell us your favorite magic-related story. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again to you and to Bruce. He's Burned on Twitter, and I'm Andy Weekend on Twitter and Twitch. We're Temple of the False Pod, where our decks aren't optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. Have a great night, and may your fifth land be the temple.